Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. We have our heads down. Life is hard, right? We're going through things at home or whatever it is relationally. And sometimes when we finally allow ourselves to get out, and go feel, do, be something different, it hits us in a way we're not expecting. That is my good friend and today's guest, Jackie Norse, who is here to share her top five hidden highlights around the world. What do we mean by hidden highlights? Well, I'll let Jackie explain that. I really believe in this. These, what we're calling hidden highlights, these are the moments you can't possibly put on an itinerary. And in today's conversation, Jackie will share five of these moments from her travels. Not just that, she also shares the biggest lessons, the takeaways, perhaps the perspective shifts that these moments created. Jackie is a wonderful storyteller, uh, but along with just killer travel stories, I think it's her ability to reflect and to share potential life-changing or travel-altering insights that she gained from these moments I think that is the real gift of this episode, and I look forward to bringing you this conversation today. Plus, I'm going to give a shout out to a listener who is on the go. I'll share a short five-minute challenge you can partake in if you would like that may change how you plan or think about your next trip, and a little personal announcement if you will indulge me, plus a powerful quote on fear. It's all happening right now, so buckle up, strap in, thanks for being here, and... Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the community. If you're new, if you're back, thanks for continuing to come back as we ease our way into this episode. This was fun because... It's not often, surprisingly, that I do a f almost a full episode of just travel stories in a way. Of course, as I mentioned at the top, there's a lot more coming out of this. Jackie has so much travel experience on her own and, of course, leading groups around the world. She's the founder and host of Jump, the podcast, if you want to check that out, with Traveling Jackie. 
and the founder of Jump Adventures, where she leads adventure trips for her audience. And anytime I talk to Jackie, she always gives me something to think about, some insight, some fresh perspectives. And it was really cool to be able to hear her reflect on these moments. First of all, I had no idea what moments she would share. I hadn't heard any of these stories before. And then her kind of take on them. So a lot coming out of the show. I hope you enjoyed as much as we enjoyed recording it for you. We're going to get into that in just a moment, I promise. First, if you'll indulge me just for a minute of your time, I have a quick personal announcement. I want to let you know the band I play in called Laundry House We just released a new single. It's out on all the streaming platforms, and I will link to where you can find the band in the show notes. I'll give you a little taste of the single. It's called Edge to the Sea. Here it is. There you have it. You can check it out if you want. I put all the links to the band and the streaming platforms and whatnot in the show notes. If you want to uh, make my rock and roll dreams come true, just follow the band if you got a moment. Thank you so much. And we are coming out with a new album. We recorded that in a studio in Oslo just some weeks ago. And now we're working on uh, some of the uh, smaller parts and the mixing and all the other after stuff. And it's been so much fun. So anyway, if you're a music fan and you're curious Please check us out. Thank you so much for indulging me in this uh, little personal announcement. Now we are going into my conversation with Jackie. Stick around on the back end. I got a shout out for a listener, a five minute challenge that might alter your next trip. And another takeaway I wanted to share that was a great reminder for me. You'll hear it during the interview and I'll just send you off with that. Plus a quote on fear. That's very powerful. It's all happening on the back end of the interview for now. Enjoy my conversation with Jackie and I will see you on the other side, my friend. Thanks for listening. You were counting down with your fingers. Like we were on a Hollywood movie set. Well, it was showing me a five, four. I know, I know. Like getting I love me it. Ready. <laughs> I love it. It's getting me in the. I feel like I'm on a mode. Hollywood movie set. <laughs> I feel like I need to be sitting in a high back director's chair with my name on it. <laughs> well, you look like it with the headphones and the microphone. Uh, that's true. You're super. <laughs> that's official. true. That's true. Meanwhile, here I am with my headphones. <laughs> I'm excited to see you. It's been a little while. It's been a long time since we've actually recorded a podcast. So I, I should say, I uh, Jackie Norse, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Welcome back. Thanks. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it's been, been a while. too long. Thanks for having me back. I agree. I agree. It's always a pleasure. I mean, Jackie and I, we're, we have like our little <laughs> phone calls and jam sessions throughout the year. We just don't we record do. them and publish we them. Do. But, you know, we, we came up with a fun list today. I don't know what's on the list, so that's always fun. We're going to reveal Jackie's top five hidden highlights, and she'll explain what that means. If you go to jumpadventures.com, that's your, your tour company, which you, we should talk about that for a second because it's fascinating to me because you... One of your primary things, you were, you were doing the blogging thing and then you were doing your podcast and then you turned it into this whole adventure travel company. Like, how did that happen? Yes. <laughs> That's a great question. It all happened organically. I can tell you that much. Um, 
can you believe? So this is 2023. We're recording this in May. So guess what happened exactly 10 years ago is when I started my first like proper travel website. Um, I say proper because I was already, thanks. I can't believe it's been a decade already. Um, But I had, I started it like 10 years into my travel. So I guess there's been, it was a long time coming even then. Um, But yeah, so it started with that first website and then the podcast in 2014 that was, I think, when you and I first were introduced, was way back then. And I still can't believe we haven't ever met in person, even though we talk like all the time. <laughs> so weird. Um, okay, let's go back to like my one of my biggest dreams, like during college slash forever. Um, because when I was 18, I started studying abroad and traveling the world and being changed and opening my eyes and just becoming educated in the world and realizing how sheltered I had been. Um, And I wanted to create those experiences for other people. And so I actually tried to like take people on group trips way back in the day, but it turns out you need quite a big audience for, you know, enough people to say yes to a group trip for that to, to, for that to happen. So it it never really worked, but it was always kind of there, this dream of mine. And Starting the blog and the podcast were the were the ways that I was able to connect with people um, to help them go and experience the things that I was so grateful to have experienced and um, continue to pursue for myself as I traveled. But the very cool byproduct of having a podcast and a blog that took off is that I suddenly had this audience that was like actually paying attention and interested in what I was doing. And I thought, hey, maybe I can actually try and do this group thing again. And I did. And in 2016, I led my first group trip to Patagonia. And so that was the that was like the organic uh, flow of things, I guess you could say, that led to me actually leading my first trip. And that went so well that I decided to keep it going. And so the only years we've missed were the COVID years. Um, otherwise, I've been taking group trips out of the country. Uh a few times a year, at least since 2016. So yeah, in fact, I am right now sitting at the Dead Sea in Jordan. I'm looking at the Dead Sea right now. It is in front of me. (laughs) I was in its saltiness the other day and smearing mud all over myself um, with my group that I just led here. And we have we have two groups going right now. We one just ended and um, the second one just overlapped mine by a few days, and they arrived to the Dead Sea tonight, so I can't wait to see them. So yeah, it's like happening. I'm doing the thing, and it feels so good. It's amazing. You're on it. You're on it right now. I mean, well, on the surface, you could be like, well, Jackie's living the glamorous life of the mm. <laughs> of the small group tour operator. <laughs> you know, she's gallivanting in Jordan and rubbing mud all over herself in the Dead Sea. The reality of it's a little bit tougher, right? I mean, you're running mm-hmm, a business mm-hmm. and. First of all, it's cool for me to hear that you started running, tried to do this group thing way back in the day, because that shows just how passionate you were. Like, it sounds like you were just connected to that idea of sharing an experience with people even early on. How has it been to actually navigate (laughs) the business side of that? Because there's like the sort of the soul fulfilling side of, but you have to get to the point where you can actually get people on a trip to have that experience. Yeah, that's not always easy. You know, it's funny because... I, f- I actually stumbled upon a, a 
journal entry that I keep, I've written forever. Like I'm, I'm a writer and I have a, I was reading through my journals recently and I came across one from college that said, you know, maybe someday I can take people on adventure trips like this. I can take them to other countries and I can be, and this is, I listed all these things. I was like, I can bring the people, like I can be the guide. I can be the interpreter. I can even be the photographer and like give everybody a CD. This is literally a give everybody a CD of the pictures at the end. Cause this is how long ago it was right back when like CDs, what the heck are those? Um, I had all these grand ideas of all these things I was going to do. And it's, it is kind of ironic now because I, I look at that. And I can't help but laugh because it's like a, every one of those things that I listed is a full-time job. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> I, I can't. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it has been, I mean, it's been two things. It's been very hard and the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And so, um, yeah, I, but what I'm really grateful for, because none of it could, could happen without, uh, it, well, it's the people, you know, the people who are actually trusting me. And th- those, those first six people that I took with me to Patagonia that said, I believe in you. I trust you with my money. Like, I'm going to let you take me very, very far away to the end of the world um, on an adventure. And so ever since those first six people said yes, you know, it's like, okay, I can, I can actually do this. And I've been navigating um, what, what I can, what I need help with and what other people can do for me. And then what kind of magic happens when we actually get there, which really is not on me at all. It just kind of happens when, you know, like up to a certain point, all the paperwork, all the flights, everything is already done. Like the itinerary is set and then we show up and that is where the magic really happens. Um, and that's also where I get to kind of let go. Cause that's not, that's not up to any of us to decide, you know, like we kind of just show up ready for, for the adventure and let it unfold in front of us. And it has been, like I said, the most rewarding thing. And I know you're hearing it from me. I wish that I had some of my group members here today so you could hear it from them because it's seriously like life changing things happen on these trips. People are digging deep inside themselves to make it up that mountain or, uh, I mean, they're not, they're not easy trips. These are adventure trips, you know? And so, um, people are really, uh, really giving it all that they, they have to make it like to accomplish something together. And we're bonding over these experiences and, and, um, it's just, it's neat for me because I've been doing it by myself for so long and now I get to share it with other people and it's just such a dream come true. It's in those moments when people dig deep and they accomplish something maybe they didn't think that they were able to accomplish. Kind of goes back to a little bit about what you said about your business, which was, you know, some of it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but also the most rewarding. And I feel like travel in in a certain way, particularly like adventures like this, can kind of set you up for those. You know, you can never guarantee them, but you can certainly come across those moments <laughs> when you're far away from home and you don't know anything that's going on. And some of those difficulties can also be the most rewarding reflecting back. I mean, can you just think like in your own personal travel experience of something that still sticks with you and kind of in kind of that same vein? Oh man. I mean, I feel like I've had it so many times. I get to experience it a lot. I mean, I've been traveling for 20 years, right? But there, I've had so many moments. There was a time that I lived in southern Argentina in Bariloche, 
And I spent three months there um, in an apartment that was full of turquoise furniture. It was like my favorite color. Like we had a, I had a lake view, we, the Royal we, I had a lake view um, of, of the Nawel Wapis, the lake down there. Um, it's funny because we just talked about all these big things that we're accomplishing, right? Like, I don't know whether it's a through hike or a bike ride or something that's kind of epic and big, but it doesn't always have to be those big, outwardly big things. It depends on where you are, right? It depends on where you are in your life. Um, because I can remember the feeling of the sun on my skin when I was in Southern Argentina, because I just had been through a big thing in my own personal life. And I was starting to feel again, like literally, it's like, wait a second, I missed this feeling, you know? And like, I think that this happens to a lot of us where we have our heads down. We are, life is hard, right? We're going through things at home or whatever it is relationally. And sometimes when we finally allow ourselves to get out and go feel, do, be something different, it hits us in a way we're not expecting, um, or even in the simplest ways. So, I mean, the memory that came to me when you asked me that was such a simple thing. And it literally is like being able to feel the sun on my skin again after a dark time in my life. You know, like I was having a, uh, I mean, I, I went through a lot. <laughs> I became nomadic, was like on the road for three years. And this was during the first the first year of that when I was uh, in Argentina and I had been making decisions for myself uh, for the first time in a while and listening to what it was that I needed to do for me. And it led me to this place where I was able to just kind of focus on the healing part, you know, and, and that can come in a, in a big way or in a subtle way. It can come in, um, a weekend or it can come in a year, you know, like it, it's all different for everybody. But um, yeah, it's, it's the fact that I got myself uh, there. I said yes to this adventure and what was happening um, in my world began to change and I began to feel it and I was open to it and I could start to become unnumb to what I was, had been experiencing. I just went really deep with that. But I actually think that that happens to people within um, even a f- like three to seven days to 12 days time. You know, like I can see it happen to people on my own trips too. Like you just don't know where people are. You just don't know what type of adventure is going to be exactly the thing that they needed to say yes to at that time in their life, you know. And the, the, the magnitude of the things that we accomplished together, like for example, on my trips, like we just did last month, I was in Patagonia leading um, the O Trek. So in Torres del Paine, there's uh, Torres del Paine National Park in Chile is a, is like a famous national park. You may have, you may be picturing the towers right now. Like a lot of people have seen it. Um, There are a couple of popular hikes that go through there. Uh, One is called the W and one is called the O. And it's just because of the way that they look on the map. The O is like the big circle. And we just did this huge circle. It was like 90 miles of hiking. And that is exactly the type of experience that you need to train for. You got to dig deep for. You're getting rain blowing in your face. We got snow on the pass. But guess what? The sun will come out and it'll warm your skin and you'll be able to see the glacier and see for miles. And it's like nothing can ever prepare you for these moments that that happen while you're out there. Like the only thing you can do is say yes to showing up and seeing what's there for you, watching this adventure unfold and being a part of it. And that can happen in so many ways. 
I love it. That's so awesome. I love that you were able to, the gut reaction moment that came to you was just this moment of the sun warming your skin, but everything that led up to that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to this one small moment, it's a, that's beautiful. Thanks. I really appreciate uh, you sharing all that. You're giving me th- some things to think about here, Jackie. Right. I love that. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself for bringing others on trips? If I'm going to be very honest with you, I think that I have learned that this, uh, this, I shouldn't say this because that's not very explanatory, but facilitating these experiences for other people is right now what I'm meant to be doing. This is what I've learned about myself because I went and found it and that's my story, right? I did it for me and anyone can do that for themselves. However, it put me into a position where I was, I am able to create those. I'm, I'm able to set the stage. I'm able to build the stage and then invite people to come step onto it and write their own story. And that is my purpose right now. And I have learned that. I say right now because I'm allowing that to change if, I, if anything changes for me in my life. I'm not going to say like, this is forever what I'm supposed to be doing. But right now I absolutely feel like this is what I'm doing here. Um, you know, like I am not, um, pursuing a life at home with a family. I'm not doing that. Um, it's really important for some people, but I think that my purpose, my calling is to create this sort of stage to, um, invite other people to step out, uh, and, and I guess live bigger, do something big, what they they think that they can't do or something that they find hard and challenging. Um, one of the things I hear on my trips a lot is I've learned that I can do hard things. And that is like, I would love for everyone to be able to say that. And being able to create an environment where someone can come participate and end up feeling like that is so valuable to me. Like that's what I have learned about myself is like, I need to keep doing this because this is, this is worth it. This means something, you know, this is big. It's way bigger than me. I just facilitate, like, it's all about you, but like, this is my role. And so it's, it's, that's again, pretty deep, but like, that's what I have learned about myself is like, this is what I'm meant to be doing for now, at least, you know, like this is, this is good work. Yeah. And what a gift to be able to know that and to be able to be around that and be actually doing it, you know, and not, and not just thinking about, well, this is something I'd like to do on. I mean, you're, you're out there doing it and making a difference. Well, it's interesting. You said the, I can do hard things because I just read this parenting book and that's one of the mantras they're saying to uh, the kids is like, you know, you can, you can say to them, Oh, look at you. You know, you're doing this. You can do hard things. You can do hard things. So I've started saying that to my own kids and you're talking about adults saying the same thing. I just am drawing this parallel because it it just, it's always a reminder. Like we are, although we have these adult bodies in many ways, we still have like this inner child and and we're still have uh, struggles and we're still always learning. And, And this idea of the, you know, I, I can encourage my four-year-old to say, you can do hard things and it could be the same with a 40-year-old, right? Yes. <laughs> it's good to remind ourselves, yeah, we can do hard things. I, I mean, we have to do that for ourselves. It's important, you know? Mm-hmm. Every Things are scary. Like, you know, even just like business stuff, you start new things, you're like, well, I don't know if this is going to work or, you know, 
did this, is this coming across right? Or, you know, it's just, there's always, you can always question yourself, but I think it's a good mantra. I can do hard things. I mean, maybe that's a mantra coming out of this, this show we can all carry with us. <laughs> yeah. And we can try at least, you know, I mean, we'll never know unless we try. There's a lot of things that don't end up working, but we would never know unless we try. What if it does work? We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. Let's talk about this list. This idea of hidden highlights was one of your favorite things. And we're doing calling this top five hidden highlights. And I should just remind you, Jackie was, you know, nomadic and that she'd travel around for many, many years on her own. And now she's been traveling for many, many years, taking groups around the world. So, you know, this is a very experienced traveler coming at us with this list. But I'm curious to hear well, first of all, we're gonna count this down from five to one. We know this is a subjective, but in in your head, this is gonna be like your number one is gonna be your true number one. But you know, take take it with a grain of salt. This list could change tomorrow, but these are fun and I like to share them. What I'm really curious about is what you mean by hidden highlights, because we we kind of touched on it a little bit before we recorded. But I was like, don't tell me too much because I, I <laughs> yeah. want you to be able to I want you to frame this up and and so we can understand kind of the spirit behind the list, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really hope I do this justice because this is this is really important. Like I said, I really believe in this. These what we're calling hidden highlights. These are the moments you can't 
possibly put on an itinerary. So for example, if I am not going to give you an example of a moment, I'm just going to say, when I write my itinerary for Jordan and we're hiking the Jordan Trail to Petra, when you think of Petra, you're going to think of the treasury where Indiana Jones went in and found the Holy Grail. Like that's what you're going to think of. That's what everybody thinks of. Of course, that's going to be like, whoa, the big iconic moment, right? That's what people are signing up for. They want to go and be where Indiana Jones was. like, And I don't blame them because I'm right there with them, right? <laughs> exactly. You're raising your hand. Yeah. But what you what you don't see in between those words, I mean, you just read hiking the Jordan Trail to Petra. Like, what does that look like? And how many nights are you going to be sleeping under the stars? How many conversations are you going to have with Bedouins who are offering you tea? Like, you can't write those magic moments into the itinerary. Those are the things you take away with you, though. Like, those are the moments that stand out to you in the end. These are the moments that stand out more than uh, the treasury itself. I mean, we, at the end of uh, my trips, we always, uh, well, generally as we go along, we, we do this conversation called Rosebud Thorn. We share our roses, buds, and thorns every day or um, as appropriate throughout the trip. The rose is the highlight. The bud is something that we learned and the thorn is the low light. And we do this because so much is going on that it kind of helps us anchor in everything that we're experiencing throughout the trip. And at the end of my trips, I always we, we always do like one last rosebud thorn. And you know what? You know what's never the highlight of the trip? Like when somebody saw the treasury and was standing where Indiana Jones stood. Like that's not it. It's going to be something else. It's going to be these little moments that you couldn't possibly tell someone you're going to experience. And you're, you couldn't possibly tell someone how they're going to receive that moment. And I think my list is probably going to be different from the next person's, even if we're on the same trip, because it matters where you are in life, who's around you, you know, what you're experiencing, how, I mean, everything, how your health is, like how your mental health is, how your heart is doing, like everything matters of how, how these experiences affect you and what you take away from it. And so I would like to share some of my hidden highlights, which I could never put on an itinerary because I don't know, A, if they could even happen again this way, um, nor did I even know that they would happen. They just kind of unfold. So love it. Does that kind well, of explain uh, what it is? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think you could okay. have said it better. <laughs> Everybody's right there with you. I know it. Okay, cool. All right. Let's kick it off then. I'm so curious about this list. <laughs> Give us your number five. Okay. So my number five, uh, and these, I, I know we have a number one, but oh my goodness, these can be really kind of in any order. Uh, and I'm forgetting probably 87 other things that could be on this list. And so... Um, I'm going to give five examples today, but my number five is uh, something that happened to us on the first, on my first trip to Jordan in 2018. So I'm here again. I know I, know I chose the Jordan thing, but this is a very special experience um, that I never could have known was going to happen. My first group trip to Jordan was in 2018. Yes, we did hike the Jordan Trail to Petra, which is an actual, Petra is actually a giant city. Um, and it was built into the rocks by the Nabataeans like in the first century AD. This is ancient, 2,000 years old. It's not just the treasury. Basically, 
the treasury is at one end and it winds around through the rocks in the valley. Like it's, it's really big. When we hike it, the Jordan Trail, we come in the back door and we arrive uh, via uh, the monastery, actually, which is a different facade entirely from the treasury. It's gorgeous. We're walking through Petra. Like, this is amazing. We're learning all these things. And all of a sudden, my guide starts taking us down this side road and it's like a hundred degrees. We're so hot. We're like, where are we going? We're getting further away from the ruins. Like we just don't know what's going on. (laughs) We really didn't like, we have no idea where we're heading. We're just trusting our guide as he's leading us like ostensibly nowhere. Like we're going nowhere. We're walking down a canyon. There's nothing ahead of us. There's no people around. We're getting further away. Like what are we doing And we turn a corner into like a slot canyon, which we could not see, okay? We didn't see it uh, coming because it's like so hidden. And we proceed to enter this slot canyon. And we still don't really understand why. Um, And I will explain that. But anyway, what ends up happening is as we get in, there's like this pool of water that we kind of have to like jump over. And there's a big boulder that like kind of, that's what we have to get into to enter this canyon. And all of us are like, are we really doing this right now? Like, what are we, where are we going? You know? And we, but here's what happens. We end up having to like help each other through this water section. I mean, it's just a a puddle, like from the leftover rainfall. And we're, we're, we're hauling each other up over this boulder and we're realizing this is the point of no return. Like we're committing, we're like entering a slot canyon and this is when my guide like basically tells us like, this is how we're exiting Petra today. And there's a reason for that, which I'll tell you at the end. But so we go through this slot Canyon. If you know what a slot Canyon is like picture Utah, like you've probably seen pictures of like really narrow canyons where there's just cliffs on either side of you that are really high. And I mean, this is what Petra was built within is like a bunch of slot canyons. And so this is where like Aaron Ralston got his uh, hand caught in the rock and then he had to cut off his own yeah. hand, the famous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it was one of those kind of places. Um, and so, and we loved it. We called it uh, the Indiana Jones hike. And one of the guys busted out his phone and played the, dun, 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 you know, like the, played the Indiana Jones theme song. And we're, I mean, before we know it, we are obsessed with all of the scrambling and climbing and like, it's getting narrower. It gets open. There's a boulder above us that we have to climb underneath. Like it was so much fun. It was like parkour, like in a slot canyon. And we start hearing these bells. And we're like, what, what is, what's happening? Like we're by ourselves in this canyon. All of a sudden this goat sticks his head out from behind. <laughs> like he's behind us. He comes out of the slot Canyon behind us. Like somehow this entire herd of goats has been following us into this slot Canyon. And all of a sudden they're like, I mean, goats are not threatening, right? Like, but there's like this herd of goats with other, their bells dangling on their collars and they're watching us with their cocking little heads and they're like kind of closing in on us and we're like oh my god like the goats are chasing us like we gotta keep going because the the canyon's narrow right if they catch up to us we're gonna be like in a herd of goats like it was just it was so funny and just such a moment of like hysterical nothing but the present moment just bliss with the the music of the indiana jones and just like smiles everywhere and 
um, before we know it. Like, I mean, we spent, I didn't even know how long it took us to get through this canyon. And we come out um, and we're right at the beginning of the Seek, which is another slot canyon, which actually is the entrance to Petra, which at the end of the Seek, it reveals the treasury. It opens up to the treasury. And so the reason that we took the Indiana Jones route is so that the next day, which is what we did, we could properly enter Petra through the the main entrance and see the treasury and the seek in the way that it's meant to be seen, which is absolutely magical. But the Indiana Jones hike, not on the itinerary. Like all of our highlight from that trip, so much fun. I mean, we still share memories of that and the goats chasing us down the slot king. Like it was just, you can't write that. You can't even... In fact, this year, this is sad, but this year, that canyon... So I had mentioned that we went under this giant boulder that you had to kind of like walk underneath. Um, there was a flash flood recently that filled in that whole section. And so the canyon's actually closed right now. So we couldn't even do it again this year, which I mean, this, these are the things that like you, you just don't know, right? Like say yes to adventure. And when your guide invites you to go do something, you say yes. Like you say yes to that <laughs> every time. <laughs> oh man. That okay. sounds incredible. I, I, well, literally like a hidden highlight, but literally hidden. Like it was a hidden slot canyon. You literally have found on your own. <laughs> it was. No, and we never would have known. We never would have known. And I mean, it was, it was pure trust that we went out there following him in like, oh man. And it just was, it's such a good memory for me. So that's my number five. Which is amazing. kind of amazing wow, okay. because I feel like it deserves yeah. to be a number one, but um, <laughs> that's my number five. So should we move to number four? Yeah, let's let's get we into. Are, I mean, if that's number five, I'm really curious about the rest of the list. I know. <laughs> so number four um, happens in Patagonia, and I have several different trips within Patagonia because it's huge. So Patagonia is the bottom, basically quarter or 25% ish of both Chile and Argentina. So it's the southern southern tip of South America and it's in both Chile and Argentina. I had a trip in 2019 where we uh went to Aysén, which is a region in the central Chilean Patagonia. So Chilean Patagonia is super long. There's three regions just on the Chilean side. This is the middle region, which means it's the middle of nowhere. Nobody goes there and um I had it's on the Carretera Austral. If you guys have heard of that, it's the Southern Highway. It's like where you road trip down and you have to ferry, and like the road doesn't even connect. It's just it's an incredible place. And I road tripped down there um, in 2017, 18, and that is what inspired me to do a trip there in 2019. So I brought a group down. We're in Aysén, and I knew, and this is this part of the itinerary was new for me. I knew we were going to trek out to a glacier, camp, and trek back. And that's like all I knew. We were going to camp out there. It was a 10 kilometer trek both ways. So that's fine. Like we're going to hike out, camp at a glacier, come back. I was a little nervous about it because I was like, oh, the weather in Patagonia, like it might not be super awesome for us. Like we could just get winded out. Who knows what it's going to be like? We're going to have to hike in, hike out, whatever. Oh my gosh. We get out there. I mean, it was a very easy hike. First of all, it's like pretty flat. Um, so we hike 10 K out there. We get into this boat, a boat. They hauled a boat out there. First of all, like there aren't roads. There's a reason you have to hike in. So these guys hauled. I think they used cattle to haul or like oxen to haul a boat out to this glacier lake. Like it's right up against the Southern Patagonian ice field. Like 
this point of access, zero cars, no road. So that's just a feat in itself. The water is turquoise, like the most amazing color. The sun shining, there's no wind. Like it was perfect weather. So we get in this boat, we get out to the camp, we like unload our stuff, we get back in the boat and drive, like we we take it right up to the glacier. Like we're going and we get off on this rock, um, like this kind of rocky shore-ish area that's just right near the front of the glacier. It's right in front of us. Like we can just, I mean, we're just, it's amazing. Like blue skies, sun is shining, giant glacier that like no one sees because they'd have to hike in. I didn't know it was there when I drove the Carretera Austral like years before. I just didn't even know it was there. We skipped it. We went, we went right by it without knowing that this amazing experience was right out there in the woods. But um, these are the best. These are the best stories. So we then the guides proceed to lay out a blanket and create this whole like charcuterie board with fruits and meats and cheeses. They're pouring wine for us. And we're just having like, holy goodness, like this is our life right now. We're like playing on the rocks, taking pictures in front of the glacier, enjoying these um, delicious snacks and wines. And like, I mean, honestly, Jason, these are how my trips roll. Like it's so freaking rad. And after we have our snack, the guide's like, hey, do you guys want to climb up there? And like I told you, if you take anything away from this, you say yes when the guide asks you if you want to do something, right? So we were like, yes, of course we do. So we hike up. We're all hiking up to this spot. And it's, I mean, it's just like a little further up in the rocks than where we had been picnicking on the shore, right? And we get up there and everybody sits down. Like everyone's just like kind of finds their own rock to sit on and silence. No one spoke for like, I don't even know how many minutes. We all just sat. It was like this energy. It wasn't planned. Like we didn't say, hey, let's not talk for a minute. Like everyone just sat down and faced the glacier and the sun was shining in our faces. And like, it was just quiet. It was so quiet. And we had like, you could feel the energy of this like, collective uh, gratitude. I don't know what it was. It was so powerful. It was so powerful. It must've lasted, I don't know, like five or 10 minutes. Like it was actually kind of long. It was incredible. And everyone participated. I mean, everyone, I think we have a few photos because people snapped pictures. That was it. It was so special. It was so special. No one around, no planes. Getting chills just hearing about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's awesome. So that's my number four. Epic. Wow. Okay. So we have the the magical slot canyon. We have the charcuterie glacier followed by the energetic silence filled with bliss. What's next? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're going to change gears on the next one. So my number three. Uh, happens in Croatia. So I have a bike and bike and boat trip that we do in Croatia. Um, and this is where I actually charter a whole boat that has cabins in it and we have bikes on board. So we go island hopping in Croatia. We sleep on the, in the same room every night on board, but we take our bikes out and get to do these rides in Croatia um, on different islands every single day. 
And oh, wait, hold on. I got to stop here for a minute. If, if there's what? if there's ever going to be a zero to travel <laughs> trip to Croatia, do we have to go with Jackie here? Uh, this sounds incredible. You know, <laughs> what are you doing in August? <laughs> you want to come? You should come with me. I have room for you. Come with me, Jace. We got to do this. We got to meet in person anyway. Maybe we can do it in August. Um, true. So we're on the boat. And if you've ever been to Croatia, um, I, actually, I don't know if they do this everywhere, but this is my, let's see, this happened in 2021. This was a, a COVID postponed trip, but um, <laughs> this happened in 21. I was on a bike and boat trip in 2019, and I was also on a sailing trip in Croatia in 2015. So this is my third boat trip in Croatia. And one thing that is common throughout, even if the crew, the boat, everything's different, there's always a captain's dinner. So have you ever done this? I don't know if, he, if that's like a thing. Like, honestly, I've only ever done boat trips in Croatia. So, um, but there's always a captain's dinner. And what captain's dinner mean is that the captain actually cooks the meal. So on the boat, there's a crew. The captain is usually, uh, sometimes he's the owner, sometimes he's not. But the crew is um, all like employed by the owner of the boat. So they stay with the boat no matter what. And they usually contract out to this company that then brings bike tour guides and bikes. And then like I work with all of them to create a big, awesome thing, right? So the crew is responsible for feeding you and like making sure your linens are good and just like keeping the boat, um, well, moving and in good shape and stuff all week. And so while well, we go play with the bike tour guides and all of that. So the captain's dinner is where the captain actually makes the meal. And he's not usually the chef. He's the captain of the boat, right? And so uh, there's a different chef on board. But for this night, he cooks, or if he wants to, I suppose, maybe he doesn't have to. But it's a night that kind of celebrates the captain and like the boat and the crew. You know, it's like almost, um, it, it's one of those things that makes you uh, just feel really close to these new people. Even if you don't speak their language, like you're just making friends with the crew anyway. And so captain's dinner is always a really fun night and it generally includes dancing. So we're on our boat in, in um, October of 2021 in Croatia. And the captain makes this awesome like meat spread. It was like sausages and like all these different kinds of meats and like potatoes, which I just kind of thought was adorable. Um, that's what he decided to make. And uh, after we eat dinner and we eat everything like, the this music comes on. It was like something from the seventies. I almost want to say, what was it? No, it was like a Frank Sinatra. It was a waltz. Okay, forget all of what okay. I just said. Like a it big, was a waltz. Ba- like a big band kind of situation. Yeah. So, like, because I remember he, the captain came out, and I mean, he didn't speak English, so our guides were always interpreting for him. But they said we need a volunteer, somebody to dance. Um, with the captain for a waltz for the first like waltz and so everybody's sitting there thinking like wow this is going to be like a formal dance like we're going to be like waltzing on the boat in Croatia right and so somebody um, volunteers so we actually had two weeks of this so I'm thinking about both of the women that like volunteered to dance with the captain at this moment um, shout out to Kit, shout out to Ashley because they were both the ones that that said yes to this so they get up and dance this beautiful waltz with the captain and this is on the the first week. So none of us really knew what was coming. All of a sudden, <laughs> at the end of the waltz, when everybody's like, oh gosh, like I'm not up on my ballroom dancing. Like, what are we going to do? Like, this is going to be really interesting. You know, the lights go down. Party disco lights come on, like blue flashing, like 
boom, boom, like, and music. And we're like, oh man, like we had, and like they threw on, I think it was like Dancing Queen or something totally cliche. But the, I mean, it was just like the change of energy from like this formal waltz with the lights on and like everything to just like, boom, we're here to party. Like we're going to dance today. And, like everybody's like throwing chairs and getting up and dancing. Like it was so much. We didn't even know these lights existed on this boat. Like, where did this even come from? All of a sudden, there's like laser lights and disco balls. Like, we've been on this boat all week and never knew this was there. Oh my gosh, it was so That's good. Hilarious. Hidden disco balls. Exactly. Hidden disco balls, right? Oh, hidden. Yeah. It's as if you went from the top deck of the Titanic, where they had, you know, the fancy schmancy, boring posh party, to the below deck where everybody's like, jigging and having a yes. good time and you know <laughs> that's such that's a hilarious. good yeah no that's totally it. it's like you went from formal to euro disco in like yeah uh, mm-hmm. 12 seconds that's awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds amazing and that night at like 2 30 in the morning we're like singing croatian songs together like putting our <laughs> it was so amazing we made our neighbors really mad that night but you know what it happens <laughs> whatever Yes, captain's dinner yes, so uh, <laughs> yeah but that's not on my itinerary i mean that stuff you yeah. just don't know like that was so much fun oh so good what happens at captain's dinner stays at captain's dinner, <laughs> right, right? <laughs> the rest of it we won't talk about <laughs> okay are we ready uh, for number yeah, two? two more yeah okay number two actually just happened this week um it was very special and so I'm in Jordan, as you remember, as we're traveling the world with these stories. But um, one of the places we go on this Jordan trip is a uh, in the very in the south, very south of Jordan. There's a big valley called Wadi Rum, and you guys might know it without realizing it because it's where a lot of Hollywood films uh, Mars. That's where they go, like on for a location to film Mars. So, for example, The Martian, Matt Damon, that was there. Um, I haven't seen the movies that are, but there's a bunch of stuff that they filmed, including uh, if you've seen Rogue One from Star Wars. Okay, I've, I've seen this one. Uh, Jeddah, Jeddah, the that's a planet in that movie that's filmed there. So it's like otherworldly. It is very otherworldly. Um, Wadi Rum is Wadi means uh, valley and Rum comes from a word that means heights. So it's like Valley of the Heights because like the highest peaks in Jordan are in Wadi Rum, but you wouldn't think of that when you think of like a desert valley, but these rocks come out of the floor and just like, it's amazing. It's really, really, really crazy to see and explore. And I mean, we do like Jeep tours and go, I mean, yeah, we get to play around on Mars for uh, a while. And we just did this a few days ago. And there was this moment. So we stayed in domes. They're called Martian domes. They're like, it's like glamping domes, you know, Geos- geodesic domes with beds and showers and everything inside. Um, and at our camp, they had uh, a bunch of camels. And one of the things they love to do is just send their guests. It's not far, but they send their guests on the camels uh, just to a nearby spot that's in a better vantage point to watch the sunset. And so we all got on camels and we only walked for, it was like 15 minutes. It was, uh, camels are actually quite uncomfortable. And so I was really grateful that it was a pretty short little walk over to the sunset spot. So it's like, 
we're just going to watch the sunset. We're going to come back and have dinner. Like no big deal. Like this is going to be really cool. Like we're going to watch the sunset over Mars, you know? And we get over there and all of us, like our whole group is just kind of chilling in the sand. Like the camels are nearby. We're just kind of chatting as the sun's going down. And one of the girls who's sitting down in the sand just draws in the sand. She just draws Jordan 2023. And I'm standing above her watching her write this. And I'm thinking, this is so sweet. Like, it's just special. Like, I just want to take a picture of this, right? Like the sun is about to set. This is written in the sand. And then I don't even know whose idea it was. We all started putting our handprint in the sand around this Jordan 2023. Like it was so neat because everyone participated. Like there were 14 of us. There are 14 handprints in the sand all around this Jordan 23. And I mean, the the sun, we've got like minutes as the sun is like about to disappear, right? And I have my GoPro and I'm like, guys, let's get this picture. Like we can do this. Like we've got time. And we all just like sit down around this thing that we all just like created together. And I throw the GoPro up and we're taking pictures and like the sun starts to set and we all like are trying to get these images that like these pictures came out so good. Like two of the girls sat in front of this picture, this Jordan 23 with all these handprints. They sat facing the sunset and they did that little hand um, heart. They put their hands together, they're best friends and they put their hands together for this heart um, over the sunset. And it's like maybe my favorite picture from the entire trip. And it all happened like so fast and so organically because one girl just decided to draw this in the sand and then everybody started putting their hands down. And it was like such a group effort that created this whole moment that was like, Wow, it like almost made me cry. It was so moving and it was so simple and it was so special. It was so special. And that's where we sat and watched the sunset over Mars. Yeah. If you're able to like send me any of these pictures, I don't know how that works with everybody in the picture and stuff. Oh, yeah. but I can always post this up with the show notes. People can kind of get the vibe if yes. you're able to. Uh, no worries if you can. I absolutely will. No, I've got them. I will send them to you. It's like, so pretty it was just so I just never like I couldn't I'm standing there like we we just like rode a camel over here I wasn't prepared for this moment that like meant so much to me and I mean I don't I don't think it was just me I think a lot of people felt it too it was just the you know the golden light of suns like everything was just like wow that just happened like it was just special it was just special for those of us that were part of it you know and seeing all of our handprints there I don't know like we left our little little handprint in the sand in Jordan. It was just special. So, oh, incredible! I mean, it must be nice to kind of as we lead up to the number one. It's nice to just sometimes take a little time just to remember these moments, right? Like we're doing. You know, you've been generous enough to kind of put together this list and share this with us. I just want to before we get into the number one, maybe, maybe that's something we can all walk away with as travelers from today's episode. Is maybe everybody can just like you know, whether it's sharing it with a friend or just with yourself or writing about it or whatever, maybe everybody could just pick their own sort of favorite hidden highlight and just like reflect on it and really put yourself back there. Because I can tell as you're telling these stories, you're really putting yourself back there. And I feel like so much positivity coming through uh, this this recording here, um, even though we're not together in person, but it's making me feel good. And it's reminding me to reflect on my own, you know, those hidden moments, those hidden highlights that have been... Uh, just these profound, like you said, what you said, so simple, but really uh, profound in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. 
just moving. Yeah. yeah. I'm beaming right now. Like I, this is lighting me up just to tell these stories and, and remember these things. Cause there's another element to this and it's that, yeah, you know, like I've spent a lot of time alone on my travels and every single one of these things couldn't possibly happen without the group there. Like they all had to do with everyone. And that's so special to me too. Cause that's, I mean, you know, there's a collective energy when people come together. And so, yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that sounds epic. So this is where we uh, break for a commercial be- before number one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll be right back. The drum roll. We'll be right back. <laughs> we'll get back to the interview in just a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately... I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years. I don't even remember how long it's been, and they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. Yeah, Let's shall we go it. for it? I mean... Okay. Yes. Okay, how do I start this one? It's so special. Um, this happens in Patagonia as well. And this is in the very south of Patagonia. So... Um, where I was mentioning Torres del Paine National Park with the W and the O trek. Um, this is on that route. And that trip specifically, that area is very special to me because it was my first group trip ever. And it was the place before I brought a group there that I decided I'm going to try this again, this group thing again. I'm going to bring a group here, you know, and that was where I had my first successful jump adventures trip. Um, So this region just means a lot to me for a lot of different reasons. But this happened last month. Wait, hold on. Where are we? This is May, April. Okay. A few months ago. This was in February. No, this was in March. March of this year, 2023. So it was like six weeks ago. I can't believe I was doing this six weeks ago. Um, But yeah, so we... This this trip this year was the O Trek, which is the 90 mile, like the big one. We're going all the way around, um, hiking all the way around uh, the Pine Massif, which is like a tiny little mountain range 
um, off of the Andes in the very south of Chilean Patagonia. And it also touches the southern Patagonian ice field. So we were just at a glacier, a, a region to the north, and now we're moving a region to the south, and we're still on the southern Patagonian ice field. Um, and Glacier Gray is uh, the, the big glacier that you see when you hike in Torres del Paine National Park. Um, a lot of people listening are probably going to be familiar with Glacier Gray because if you've been there, that's the one that you see. This is the one that you can um, you can go trekking on it. You can take you can go kayaking around it. You can take a boat up to it. Like, and when you're on the O, you hike all the way around the backside of the mountains and you you come over this pass, uh, which is the highest point on the trail. And in front of you is 42 kilometers of glacier gray. Like it stretches just from left to right. Like you can see the whole thing from above. It is absolutely amazing. And that day is the hardest, biggest day on the hike. It's about 15 miles. There's a lot of elevation gain. It's quite steep on the other side coming down towards the glacier. And all day long, you just have this glacier on your right that you're just like hiking down with until you get all the way to lake level. And so it, you're hiking with it so much, like there's so much build up to this glacier. Like it becomes part of the whole story. Like it becomes um, a really important element of this trek. And the next day on our itinerary, we have what we call a rest day. And I'm doing that in quotes because that's the day that we actually decide to hike on the glacier. And so you get to go, onto the glacier. We're walking around. I mean, we're going in and out of caves. We're drinking from pools right out of the water on the glacier. Like it's truly incredible. And after that, this is all like setting the stage for this story. We took a little walk down to this, I guess for lack of a better word, there's like a little bay. It's very rocky where a bunch of icebergs collect as they come off of, they calve off of the glacier and they get kind of blown into this bay where they just kind of collect. And it's an incredible place to sit and just watch them because sometimes they'll flip. We watch one of them flip right before our eyes. Like there are condors soaring overhead. Like it is so, oh my goodness, powerful to just sit and be in Patagonia and let the wind embrace you and just like watch. There's always something to watch. Like there's just stuff going on. Nature is incredibly powerful down there. And one of the things that we like to do on our groups, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler alert, but it's, it's even better when you do it in person so you can still experience it. But we bring whiskey <laughs> and we go down to this bay and we go down to the water and collect ice and bring it back up and present everybody with like this, we've got glacier ice and we've got whiskey to drink. And I give everybody these little, um, jump adventures little stainless steel carabiner mugs that they can just clip to their packs so we all brought our mugs down so i had told everybody to bring their mugs and they're like okay and we're down at this bay and we start breaking up the ice and you know pouring everybody some whiskey and we just cheers whiskey over glacier ice down at the water in front of glacier gray with like condors soaring overhead and it's truly i mean there were three this time that we were watching just circling over us and the sun is shining. We got so lucky with the weather. Like we're just having this incredible moment, right? That part has always happened, but it's what comes next, which is why this is my number one. The hidden highlight. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we definitely don't put that we're going to cheer some whiskey over glacier ice. I mean, that's already hidden. I was going to say, yeah. 
Yeah, that's already <laughs> hidden. But we did something this time that I've never done before. And this was also quite organic. We had a pile of glacier ice kind of sitting on the rocks in front of us, like just a little bit that we hadn't used, right? And we started picking it up and we decided collectively, like some people had already kind of started wandering back to the refugio, like totally fine. We're kind of at free time at this point, you know? And for the rest of us that were there, we decided we're going to throw this ice over our shoulders back into the water. Kind of like when you throw um, a coin into the Trevi Fountain in Rome, you know, like you're supposed to turn your back to the water and you're supposed to make, make, maybe you make a wish and you throw the coin and that means that you're going to come back to Rome. Um, in case you didn't know that, I have done it every time and it, it works. So, um, so we're at, you know, on top of the rocks, we've got quite a bit of, uh, we're, we're, we're above the water a ways. So we've got quite a bit of space between us and the water. So, you know, we got to chuck these things really hard, right? So we actually took a video. We have a video of all of us counting down and throwing our glacier ice really hard back over our shoulders, back into the water. And we all made a wish. And I mean, it was, it was, it was hilarious and very special. I mean, it was hilarious because the wind was blowing and like one of the glacier ices almost came and hit someone in the head because the wind was blowing so hard. But some of them made it into the water and all of us were just like, I mean, you could feel the happiness. Like you could feel the energy and just like the excitement. Um, we really took a moment to come up with our wishes before we threw this and we did it all together as a group. And it was so special. It was like so powerful to have this moment where we're like, I don't know, just after climbing on the glacier and seeing it for days and just like getting to drink straight from it and like, okay, let's put this piece back. Like, let's come back here again someday. Like, let's make a wish with this. Like, let's just make this our moment. It was really nice. You're not going to reveal your wish to us, are you? I'm not going to, but you know me, it was <laughs> <Do> you... deep. <laughs> I guess you still remember it. So that's good. Has it come true? I do. It's coming true. It's con yeah. And it's going to continue to come true. Yeah. All right. That, I mean, we like me. teared up. Like it was such a special moment down there. And we sat <laughs> and just like, kind of just sat arm in arm. Like we just like, soaked it all in we didn't leave right away you know like we just let it let it soak in and the next day we we hiked out of there we left glacier gray so that's how we left it it was so special so that's my number one yeah thank you for sharing this today it was so fun and so nice and i mean if some of these sound pretty nice to you too like you know watching the sunset on mars or you know, <laughs> attending a waltzing disco party or any of those. I mean, Jackie can't promise any of those things because they were hidden highlights. But of course, you can hear about the kind of stuff that Jackie does over at jumpadventures.com where she runs the trips. If you end up going on one, tell them I sent you. Tell them Zero to Travel sent you and I'll send you a little special gift for your trip. So make sure you do that. I've been wanting to do a trip with the Zero to Travel community for a while. And anytime we do these kind of things, I'm always like, send me an email if you think you'd go on one of these trips. I mean, maybe we could organize something down the road. I don't know. We could see. I'm still trying to get you to Norway. I feel like we were very close, but now I'm going to be out of town when, you're, when you could have maybe potentially been. So anyway, 
whatever the moment comes, it's going to be one of my hidden highlights when I actually get to high five you in person. <laughs> yes. I can't wait for that day. I know. Who knows where it'll be? Maybe it'll be over a whiskey uh, glacier uh, w- with a glacier on the uh, on the rocks, I guess. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. The glacier is the rocks, I guess. On the but, uh, real, the real rocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> glacier on the rocks. <laughs> whiskey on the glacier. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Whiskey on the glacier rocks, something like that. All right. Well, I, you know, one one the other thing I wanted to mention is it's it's cool to think about the interplay between you mentioned all of this things, of course, not being able to happen without a like the group dynamic and sort of the group energy and stuff like that. But it's also the environment. So the interplay between sort of the, the a group and, and the environment and how, you know, it just comes back to that collective type of mentality where like everything is sort of intertwined and, you know, these things can't happen without the other. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. It is cool. It's like an intersection of everyone's on their own paths, but there are these really powerful moments where all of those paths intersect in the same silence or sunset or whiskey cheers or whatever it is you know like that's really powerful yeah and there are always i can't guarantee those exact ones i will guarantee hidden highlights though they are my favorite parts of my trips because they always happen and i'm always so excited to see what they are and i mean it's like those moments where you're realizing you're having a moment in the moment that it's happening you know it's like whoa this is so cool. Like, oh, I love this. And then when you asked me later, what was your first favorite part of the trip? I'm like, well, you know what? There was this day that we went down to the water. We shared a whiskey and we had a wish. Like, and you're like not going to be expecting that to be the story I'm telling you, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> those are the moments. Yeah. Those are the things that we take away. Those are the things we take away. That's what makes it so special. Jumpadventures.com. We'll link to it all in the show notes. Anything else you want to share here? Or is that, I mean... I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this ride. And yeah, I'm just I'm excited to, to, to be able to make more of these very cool memories with more people every time we go. So maybe that'll be you guys. Be awesome. Yeah. Maybe that'll be you, Jason. You got to come. We got to figure this out. <laughs> we got to figure it out. We'll figure it out right now, offline. Yeah. All right, we'll let you go. Thank you okay, so much. That sounds good. Okay. Look forward to having you back Thank on you. in the in the near future. Yeah, I can't wait. Thank you. All right, take care. There you have it. Thank you so very much to my friend Jackie over at jumpadventures.com for stopping by. What a wonderful gal. And always love chatting with her and getting to hear her travel stories. And I'm wondering if this brought up anything for you. I do want to leave you with that challenge. We kind of teased it out there in the interview as it came up. I mean, it just came up organically. But this idea of taking a moment or five minutes to just reflect on one of your own hidden highlights and just consider that. And then the question I wanted to ask you is... If you were planning your next trip now, or you're going to be maybe planning it sometime in the near future, how can you plan your trip or think about your next trip in a way that these moments have a better chance of occurring, let's say? Of course, the idea behind Hidden Highlights is that it's not something you could put into an itinerary. So these these magical moments that happen unexpectedly. But is there a way a particular mindset perhaps uh, that can create 
an opportunity for more of these types of moments or a way to structure a trip that can build in a greater potential for these moments to occur. Something to ponder, something to think about. So I wanted to throw it out there. But at the very least, I think all of us spending just some minutes reflecting on a hidden highlight of our life. That just, that, at least for me, it puts me right in a uh, in a good spot. I feel the gratitude welling up because the moments that are just flashing through my head, this little montage is, you know, a lot of it often involves in some way the kindness of strangers, uh, some unexpected encounter with a local, those types of uh, things. And that just reminds you of the wonderful gifts that are waiting out there in the world when you take off and travel and put yourself out there. So enjoy that little challenge if you want to take it on. I do want to give a quick shout out to a listener. Speaking of traveling, I wanted to also apologize to Patricia. She did uh, write me an email when she was coming through Oslo, Norway, where I'm based, asked if we could meet up for a coffee or a drink, but I was out of town, so I wasn't able to do that. But I wanted to just give her a quick shout out. She was traveling on a URL pass through Europe. She had pretty recently spent time traveling in North America in a camper van, all the way to the Arctic Ocean, then in South America, and on to Antarctica. So she's been all around. She's out there traveling. She might be listening to this now. I want to say, Patricia, thanks for listening to the show, and I apologize I wasn't able to meet up with you. But I always will keep encouraging everybody, leave a message. I got a voicemail box, link in all the show notes, or drop me a line, or let me know if you come through town. It's always a pleasure to try to meet up with other people in this community if I'm able to. Sorry I wasn't able to make that happen this time, but thank you so much for listening. And thank you, my friend, for spending your time here with me today. One reminder, we can do hard things. That was another thing that came up during the interview, something I mentioned I read in the children's book, and something that I think is another great reminder coming out of this to remind ourselves, we can do hard things. Sometimes it's easy to get overwhelmed and think we we aren't able to do certain things. And I just love that mantra, we can do hard things. So, you know, all these things, as I mentioned time and time again, when I share these things on the show, one big part of this podcast is that it just helps me <laughs> stay in the right mindset. So when I'm saying these things, uh, I hope it doesn't sound like preaching. It's, it's really me reminding myself and just sharing with you what I'm reminding myself of uh, after coming out of these conversations. And when I've been saying that to my kids recently when they're doing something and, and they're a little tentative, like learning to ride a bike or whatever, I said, look at you, you can do hard things. And I say that and I go, I got to remember to say that to myself. I can do hard things when I feel stuck. So thought that was worth uh, pointing out as we get out of this episode. One last thing, I'll leave you with a quote on fear that I just read today. That was a good one. It says, fear does not prevent death. It prevents life. That's from Naguib Mothbaus. I probably butchered that name, but I did the best. But thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week. Peace and love to you and yours. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.